Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 239. This is a special episode of the podcast because we're recording doing a hurricane right now. Right now, there's tornadoes, there's alligators out there. All right, it ain't that serious. But we here, we live. I wanted to I wanted to squeeze in an episode before it got to the point where it's like, all right, I shouldn't be recording or the power goes out because I miss talking to y'all. That's just what I do. And because it was been a good amount of time to where I felt all right, I got the necessary informations for some of the talking points in this episode. And we're going to be discussing Act LL Cool J, the comments, that whole entire situation. And I believe time is important when it comes to these things. Because I could have jumped out when Act first said those comments about calling old heads dusty and then just continue with any new piece of information. But I, I don't feel that structured enough for me. So, of course, I heard the Act comment, seeing it, I was just like, all right, I, I get where I get why he said this and he messed up by not giving it context. Then I heard uh, oh, Cool J's response in regards to what Axe said. I'm like, I understand how it got to this point, how it got to this situation where old heads, where certain old heads, I don't want to just label every old head, while certain rappers, people in the hip hop community felt it was disrespectful. And there's also that part of me that was just like, Dusty, that, that's what you felt was just borderline disrespectful. Hey, that's a separate conversation. Anyhow, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be going over some hip-hop analytic analytics provided by hip-hop numbers as far as J. Cole's Spotify streams on his albums. So to simplify that, because I sound a little confused there. J. Cole's daily streams for some of his albums, the ranking. Going to go over that and why certain albums are in the position that they are. In the position that they are. From there, we're going to be going over some of my content some of the things on the Vivid Nectar side of things. And then depending on how it is, depending if I see any more alligators out there, we might just keep recording or we'll have to cut, uh, cut it short for the next episode. So to start off, listen, growing up in the internet era, there's a couple things that I find warrant disrespect. And a couple things that I was just like, that's, you know, this, this is the internet. Internet, they just doing their thing. Now, I'm not saying... It wasn't wrong for Act to call some of these old heads dusty. But that was that was the line. <laughs> like the word dusty in itself was that. I understand the whole statement, of course. Like, and to give you, to give you a bit of the statement. Them niggas be looking really dusty. I kid you not. And none of y'all try to come me because I don't fuck with y'all niggas either. So I'm just telling y'all the truth. That statement right there set the internet, at least, you know, for the hip-hop community, ablaze. And it does sound very ignorant in regards to the fact that if whenever we're talking about old heads by that statement, just because they weren't able to make the bread to financially set themselves solid at this point, it is disrespectful because it act is someone that's very on the numbers, on the monies. When it comes to business, that's something he prioritizes in my in his head. And this is coming from somebody that's been watching ACT for years. But when I heard this statement, I also knew where it was coming from and that he didn't provide enough context for it. So I'm like, I could see why it got to this situation. I wouldn't say it's a matter of miscommunication, but not communicating enough. Anyhow, just that statement alone, without any context, without anything of what I know, what ACT later on explains, I think we could all agree is extremely Ignorant and reckless, seeing as how if it, it, contributing to the hip-hop culture doesn't just mean you got to figure out how to get a bag out of it. 
It's the actual influence, the craft, the inspiration you give to other artists or other individuals that continues to build on the genre. That's what that's one of the most beautiful things, not just for hip hop, but music in general, is how the past generation, what they did, build the building stones for what other people can do. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know everything about how hip hop was done back in the day because I'm only 24. I wasn't, I wasn't through hip hop's golden era or such and such, but it's a good thing we got the people like LL Cool J that could give us better insight on that. But one thing that I know through my experience is that without the rappers from the last generation, we wouldn't be getting the rappers from this generation. And if it wasn't for the rappers of last generation, being able to create this, to create what they do and get it to a point where bread is able to be made, to where you're able to make money off your music, your album, your touring, and continuously branch off from those things from now, all right, you rapping? All right, now labels are really believing in the music. All right, now we're getting management teams. Now we're getting um, sponsorships, all those things coming together. That wasn't around like it, like it is today. So it is important for, as far as the hip-hop contribution, genuine hip-hop contribution, there got to be some respect there and acknowledgement. Now, off that statement... It wasn't none of that. So, of course, we got the LL Cool J response, which for the most part, everything I just said is what he said. Now, there it was a couple bits and pieces where I felt LL Cool J, he's he's out of the loop because it ain't like it ain't like all these um old heads and a lot of the older folks in hip hop embrace the younger generation. And this is important. Why you brought that up, the younger generation? Because when I heard Axe's statement, about these old heads and calling them dusty. It comes from a place, I want to say resentment and anger from whenever he was coming up and how some of them try to bring him down. And especially around 2016 SoundCloud era, when Ak was reporting on some of these rappers coming, whether it was Uzi, whether it was Yachty, and the music was hot and blowing up. Everybody that went through 2016 and genuinely loved the music, one of the best years for hip hop ever. A great time to listen to music. Man, I'm getting memories. Hold on, hold on. Let me reminisce real quick. Good times, good times. I vividly, vividly remember a lot of these old heads, uh, these gatekeepers, older folks, hating on the younger generation. So that's some of the context I already knew when Axe said that statement. So whenever it came for Axe to release his episode on Spotify where he explains it better, it's just like, all right. Anybody that didn't know this could understand it better and you still drop the ball to a certain extent but now it's time for the old heads to understand his side too because when it comes to actual contribution act you dropped the ball when it comes to real disrespect if we really want to talk about disrespect it's been coming from both sides for a long time and it's, you know sometimes both sides they don't know how to communicate so you might have recently seen in what I going at Ebro and Ebro is somebody and, you know, to for me and you to be on the same page, when it came to a lot of the new generation, he wasn't rock with them. We could go for the infamous Lil Uzi interview where he was saying he wasn't going to last. We could talk about how he selectively biased towards a large amount of rappers on Apple Music. But for right now, we're just going to focus on the fact that old heads weren't able, the ones that weren't able to make a business or make money off of it are now at a point where you know, they hear uh, oh, Cool J saying, yeah, you know, they paved the way for hip hop. We can all agree on that. We, we don't see nothing wrong by that. But now, 
that that's been talked about. And Ak is going to give context to why he views some of these old heads the way they are. It's a separate conversation of, all right, cool. Y'all talking so much about contributing to hip hop. Y'all talking about so much about the culture. What, what was wrong with y'all or what was going on with y'all 2016 plus when we had a new generation of artists, rappers, making the music that they did and y'all weren't rocking with it. Y'all were trying to gatekeep the traditional style of rap that, you know, at least for the younger folks, we know they ain't, they ain't gonna last forever. Hip hop's always evolving. Y'all talk about hip hop, y'all talk about the culture, but when it came time, whenever, whenever there was a shift, y'all were doing everything you can to suppress them. Y'all were doing everything you can to suppress act. And I'm not gonna go about every statement, every detail, because you can always just watch our Cool J's and then you can watch the Act episode. But Act fully explained the bitterness and sort of resentment he's had towards some of these old heads, some of these people, some of the people he had to deal with in the industry, stopping, not helping him, not helping some of these other artists. So that's why he has a lot of resentment towards old heads that sort of jealous of him too, because he's been able to make money capitalize off of this, which I mean, he did his thing. Let me know if I lost y'all at any point of this. So my mindset in between all of this was at Drop the Ball, the original statement, LL Cool J made amazing points as far as, you know, older artists paving the way for the whole entire infrastructure to where hip hop is now. However, when it comes to all these old heads, you know, when it comes to the appreciation of hip hop, a lot of these old heads were doing anything they can to make sure the new the change in hip hop. Let's stop that. Let's stop that. We ain't rocking with the Uzis, with the Yachtis. We ain't rocking with none of that noise. But now that you know it's here, this ain't a phase. It's an evolution. Now it's at a point where it's like, all right, this is this is where my my personal stance stance is. We're past the point of we ain't rocking with how hip hop sounds right now. And some some older some older folks are at a point where they're embracing it. Let's make money together. Let's make money together. All right, Ak. You ain't you ain't have the best experience with some of the with some of the people here that weren't trying to give you their hand to help you out, or some of these other artists that you were discussing. They try to shun you because you weren't on the radio or podcast. That's cool enough. For some of the old heads that genuinely want to have a discussion or genuinely be like, hey, you know, let's do something here. This is where, all right, we went from a little back and forth bringing more into a conversation and potentially let's get some business out of this. I will personally love L Cool J Act episode. You know, egos aside, tension aside, and genuinely discuss where each other are coming from. Where, why are we not seeing eye to eye? And I will hope throughout this episode, I, <laughs> I say this all the time because I'm in the process of improving my communication with me to y'all. Me to myself, most importantly, because I know there will be points throughout the past couple months of doing this podcast where I'll just be like, man, did I get out of subject? Did I lose myself? Did I lose the audience? So to summarize all that, again, yeah, act dropped the ball with the original comment, L Cool J. Yeah, we understand where you're coming from, but L Cool J, a lot of old heads, they were hating on the new generation. They were hating on acts. So that little bit of resentment, a little bit of ignorance that came out in the context that wasn't being given by act, that was explained later on in the Spotify episode. You get, now we see the full picture to understand, like, all right, this isn't just a one-sided thing. This is, honestly, this is just an everything thing. Everything thing. Like, what, a, what a simple way to, yeah, it's everything, man. What do, we, what do you mean? It's just not one person. But, not but. By everything, it's, 
it's a lot more than just a comment. It's a, how interactions have been over the past couple of years. Like I want to say six to eight years in hip hop. And I feel a big thing, like I already said earlier. Okay, you know, I know we got a lot of this tension out of the way, but you know, if you generally, if we out here, we loving hip hop, we appreciating the culture, whether it's old heads, younger guys, um, younger commentators, older commentators, let's get together and make some bread. Let's keep helping each other. Let's actually help each other out. There's a whole head out here. I don't even want to keep saying, oh, I'm just saying it for the fact that there ain't like individual people that I want to name for the sake of he said this comment at this year. But, you know, there's some people that if they pockets hurting, but they cool. Let's, let's set a situation up where both sides can eat. Both parties can eat or we could all just keep going together. That's my mindset on it. And we're going to be going on to the next topic because I felt we we're going on a little too long there before I keep repeating myself. Hip-hop numbers provided the analytics for J. Cole's albums on Spotify and how many streams they're getting per day, which I found I found interesting. We're going to be going over them. J. Cole projects with most daily Spotify streams in 2022. We're going to be starting off with the lowest for your eyes only, 563k streams per day. This one surprised me. It, it genuinely surprised me, but not for the fact that it's like, oh, impossible. How, how could For Your Eyes Only, the best J. Cole album? No, I wasn't thinking like that. When I saw For Your Eyes Only at the fifth spot, I believe sixth spot, I was just like, wait, some more people agree with me as far as replayability? Were y'all expecting that? Listen, y'all been here from the beginning, beginning. I had a video titled, I Miss the Old J. Cole. And not for the fact that I genuinely, oh man, I'm not rocking with the new J. Cole. I miss the old J. Cole, but the old J. Cole. Uh, what, what am I saying? It was a bit of a parody. Like, you know, that I miss the old Kanye. I miss the old J. Cole. Not nah, like we rocking with all stages of Cole. We really are. But there was a couple things I said in that video. For example, I miss the old J. Cole. Some people not enjoying Cole now. They want his four year eyes only. I'd be like, you want folding clothes? You want to fold clothes for someone, J. Cole? You want that Cole? <laughs> you sure you want that Cole? I'm squinting right now because this flash on the camera. I'm still getting used to it. It's like, I want to fold clothes for you, J. Cole. Deja Vu, J. Cole, where I believe sampling, just sampling Bryson Tiller, not even spinning the instrumental or changing it up. We just going to throw it on there and give it like a remix. That You want that, J. Cole? Because I felt that was lazy. You missed that old J. Cole? But we're going we're gonna to bring more elements to that. Coming in at the number five spot, KOD with 980K stream. This is what you call flip. Hard, hard album. And I was a bit surprised that it sold at, that, at its place, 980K. Slightly understandable. Cold World, 1.4 mil a day. All right, we talking. Born Center, 2.3 mil a day. Dope. Off season. It's the off season, 2.5 mil a day. Crucial. And then at the number one spot, y'all know what it is. 2014 Hills Drive, 4.8 million streams every day at the number one spot. And for those of you that may not be aware of this, I want to be the one to remind everybody. 2014 Forest Hills Drive is not only J. Cole's best album, but it is a classic. Don't let Twitter, don't let anybody on Twitter try to tell you it ain't a classic. Don't let anybody in the internet try to tell y'all 2014 Hills Drive isn't a classic. Listen, me and you right now, I want to say we can both agree. 
I want to say we both agree right here, but if you don't think this album's a classic, there might be something wrong with your ears. Just telling it how it is. There ain't a single skip on that album. There really ain't. Now, as far as some additional analytics provided by Hip Hop Numbers, 50K revenue generated per day out of all of these albums, and that results on 18.3 million per year. Spotify only. We're not taking account into Apple Music and then everybody else because we all know it's like Apple Music, Spotify, Apple Music, them two. And then everybody else make the smaller margins, all right? But ridiculous numbers, damn near 20 mil per year on these albums. We're not even talking about features, select singles, select EPs. Because I know if, you, if you're if a Cole fan, Dreamville fan, like, hey, hey, there's a couple projects being missed right there. There's a couple, there's a couple projects that need to be listed. Whoa, whoa. I didn't make this, all right? It was hip-hop numbers, all right? But a couple things to know. For your eyes only, I've said this time and time again, the album, to a certain extent, was boring. <clears throat> it was. It lacked repl- uh, replayabilities. The purpose for the album, as beautiful as it is, as much as For Your Eyes Only, the individual track in itself, as amazing as it is, 10 songs, Back in 2016, when streaming is finally picking up, it ain't, it ain't going to bring that revenue. It ain't going to bring that revenue and the replayability value of For Your Eyes Only, an album where I found J. Cole didn't have, didn't come with his A game when it came to the bars, the lyricism, the flows. I felt it was a lot more timid, a lot more, what I say? It was concise for what he wanted to do with the project. And that's something that I enjoy about the album. But in the grand, in the bigger picture for me, I don't listen to that. I hardly listen to that Cole album. And this is for somebody. Y'all might have seen me wear it. I got the Four Your Eyes Only shirt, Four Your Eyes Only hat. Went to the Four Your Eyes Only tour. And I was also pissed that I had listened to some of the Four Your Eyes Only track. I was like, man, can we go back to something else? Anyhow, before we keep rambling off, I understand why Four Your Eyes Only is so low. And heads up, Four Your Eyes Only ain't the best J. Cole album. It ain't. And we're going to keep talking like this because if you know anybody else that said that's, that's Cole's best album, really go through that album track by track and compare it even to 2014 Hills Drive or Off Season. Even KOD. I will put KOD over For Your Eyes Only. Easily. Ten times, ten times out of ten, I'll put KOD over For Your Eyes Only. Now, I don't want this to be a I hate For Your Eyes Only rant, but... <laughs> I want to fold clothes for you. I ain't never met a shawty I wanted to fold clothes with right away. Even to this day, I love my baby girl. But when it comes to expressing my love, I'm like, let me fold these clothes for you. No, no, I ain't never had no inspiration. I, come on, Cole, we ain't relating to that. I, res- I respect it to a certain extent, but come on, dog. Folding clothes. Oh, that's just my gripe with it. Now to continue on with KOD 980K, I was surprised. If anything, I would have seen... KOD a bit over a mil because if I remember correctly KOD dropped on 420 I forgot the exact year but if I remember correctly 323,000 first week and there was a whether we're talking about Kevin's heart whether oh I what's wrong with me y'all 397,000 first week hey I used to post these numbers nonstop 24-7 so I was sort of in the right range a little disappointed in myself. I didn't know the exact number. Y'all know we are, we nerding out with these numbers right here. But KOD, 397 day, almost a surprise drop. I believe we only had a week where it was announced. 
a week where it was announced and then it dropped, did those numbers. I'm like, all right, you know, we really rocking with Cole. We really rocking with Cole. But yes, 397,000 first week. Of course, the album charter number one. But we had some great tracks on here. ATM, Kevin's Heart, 1985, especially during that era, we've seen the impact. We've seen it happen over the years. Y'all, we've seen the effects of that song. Not like that song caused it, but Cole, whether we talk about the smoke for little pumps and everybody else, <laughs> spoke the future. We love to see it. And this is an album where when we speaking about different, where am I going? The general theme of this with KOD, Kids on Drugs, Kings Overdose, Kill Our Demons, the stuff that we have to go through with the day that we're not, might not be on the surface, whether it's certain addictions, whether it's certain traumas. This was an album that I felt we got a we got introspective look on J. Cole we ain't never had before. The cutoff featuring Kill Edward, having J. Cole, you know, with the alter ego, which was refreshing, refreshing refreshing thing. Of course, no features. Cole did it again, but it was dope seeing him do that alter ego for the situation where he, he, he yeah, I think, yeah, he wanted to kill his stepfather, you know, the trauma, uh, not trauma, the relationship between him, his mother, his stepfather, and the things that he ain't never really discussed. I believe it was a cutoff or was it friends? Of course, the addiction, uh, the addiction of his mother going through, everything was packaged wonderfully. If I could remember the exact episode, I do a deeper dive into KOD. And that was a phenomenal album. But to go back to the numbers, 1.4 million cold world. I don't even think I need to say much. If y'all ain't listen to cold world, I'm, I don't know why I'd be saying y'all like there's somebody out here who hasn't listened to it. There probably is someone out here that hasn't listened to it. That, that just made me mad. <laughs> Cold World 1.4. That seems that seems solid. Yo, okay. So to rewind, I felt like KOD for your eyes. I felt like everything could have been bumped an extra M. That's the way I see it. The fact that KOD for your eyes only got less than an M, that surprised me, but I'm not surprised by the ranking of them for your eyes only being last. Cold World 1.4. All right. 2.3 Born Center. Amazing. Amazing. Born Center released in 2013 along with Yeezus and Mac Miller's album. I forgot. I forgot the exact Mac Miller album. Being able to have enough space in my rotation back then in an album that I still stream right now. Great. 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 I'm smiling right. Crooked Smile. Do I have a crooked smile? Crooked Smile. It's one of the songs going through my head right now. It's like, oh, dope. Illuminati. And 2.3. 2.3 million Spotify streams. We rocking with that. Off season 2.5. Being an album that dropped, what was it? A year ago or a year and a half ago? And Born Center is almost surpassing it. That's interesting. Because I felt the off season, I believe the off season to be J. Cole's second best. Second best album when it comes to the pen. Number one, you know, we're going for 2014. So to see that it's just slightly overborn center, a lot of us are really enjoying Born Center. Like we really hold it. That has a special place in our heart. But 2014 Hills Drive, 4.8 million. Man, this should be about 10 million a day to be real with y'all. But coming at the number one spot, not surprising. We almost, again, almost at 20 million a year. J. Cole, Dreamville, his label. They love the money right now. They loving the money. Now to go into... <clears throat> another 
and a little by hip-hop numbers. Kid Cudi is going to be releasing Intergalactic in two days, Spotify show. And did you know he's never had a number one album? Did you know that? And we're going to be going over that real quick. Just real quick. Some of the albums that I felt would have been number one, but looking back, they weren't. Man on the Moon, the original, 100K first, 104K first week, didn't, didn't get number one. I don't know which albums beat him out, but I'm just looking at this. Man on the Moon 2, 169K, came at number three. Which, by the way, back then, it goes to show you that the albums that released back then, I mean, it's still now to a certain extent. The fact that 169K and only number three spot, true. Album first week sales a little different back then. The Wizard 66K first week, number three. Indie Cut 139K, number two. Satellite Flight, number four, 87K. And Kitsy Ghost, number two, 142K. Man on the Moon, three, 144K, number two. Now, hearing that, you're like, what? Who beat him? Who beat him for all these albums and the numbers? They weren't like, they're terrible. No, these are great numbers. But we'll see how Intergalactic does in two days. You're going to see how the show is because we're going to be going episode by episode. We're going to be doing a review on these episodes. I've been hyped for it. I remember posting it like two, three years ago. The fact that Netflix, Kid Cudi were talking about doing this. And here we are. I'm just like, all right, all right. Now, as y'all can see, I look like, <laughs> right now I look like I'm suffering a little bit. My <clears throat> voice is giving out just a little bit. Just a little bit. But I still, we're going to push through this because we're going to talk about some of my content. Some of the food commentary that I've had. <coughs> Damn. Whew. I'm always hitting my head on this mic. Some of the food commentary is consistently being posted. We went with Burger 5 for the burgers because I heard someone told me like, yo, them burgers, they're pretty dope. They're better than Shake Shack. I was like, word? They weren't better than Shake Shack. So check that out. I've had the burgers. I have a series of crumble cookies, food reviews, where I break down individual cookies. And most recently, I've updated the background for my Instagram reels. Because like, you know, let me spice it up. Originally, y'all know I had the black screen, but I was like, nah, we got we to gotta do better. Now we got colored backgrounds. And I think it was an iPhone 13 wallpaper. iPhone 13 wallpaper that I put behind me. And I was just like... Not like I actually put it behind me, but, you know, I just put it on the green screen. I'm like, this look, this look hard. And this is an important thing to note because my mindset isn't I got to get the hardest background. I got to be on top. It was just like, I need something. Some people, you know, it, they think it got to be original, your background. Like, you got to go all out with your backgrounds. I straight up said iPhone 13 wallpaper. Give me that. I don't, I don't care. That looked dope. Put it, boop, put it right behind me. Look clean. And then I've seen two people. I seen two. Um, Danny Brown with the 3D backgrounds. I'm like, that look hard. And then I seen this is Nikki change up her background to animated backgrounds. I'm like, oh, I need to step up. I need to step up. And then that's when I started doing the 3D backgrounds. We're going to be getting a lot more flavors as the months go by. Different experimentation as far as what's going to be my set looks. What is? I'm not so focused on having like an aesthetic. I'm not. But I would like a little... A bit of a pattern, you know, for when you see the video, even if you, for whatever reason, you don't see my face, you just see the background first, you're like, Vivian Hector, Alexander, he just posted. 
And go go over some of this. I did podcast episode 237 where I spoke about the needle drop Drake thing, constructive criticism, not being taken seriously by Drake is concerning. I spoke about it on 237, but going back on this content is honestly twice as concerning. Listen, I ain't making no bread. I take that back. I do do make bread when I talk. When When I make any kind of content, these reels, I am. So... But when it comes to the actual label, I ain't making money off Drake. I ain't making money on depending on his sales. But as somebody as a fan, somebody that enjoys his music, hey, if you're trying to get that number one spot, I've spoken about it on a couple breakdowns for Certified Lover Boy or different parts of his discography. You need to take that constructive criticism because that constructive criticism, that acknowledgement that, yo, my album. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't hard enough. It could have been better. And taking, you know, others' opinions is what paved the way from thank me later to take care. Back then when, you know, it wasn't just a matter of ego, I would say. Constructive criticism is what pushed Drake to go from thank me later, thank me later to take care. So for to see to see that go the way it did with somebody who, whether you agree with Fantana or not, genuinely is invested in music is a missed opportunity and I could just I can just tell by the way that went his next album we're just going to enjoy it for what it is we're just going to enjoy it for what it is now going into what else future selling his publishing catalog <clears throat> I've spoken about this before and we I wouldn't say hate but we're hard on artists that don't stay independent by hard. I mean, the internet. <clears throat> so whether it's Future selling his publishing catalog or Glorilla recently signing to Yo Gotti, there's, you know, this audience of people are saying, why would you sell your stuff? Stay independent. If you don't stay independent, you're stupid. You know, you got blah, 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 so on and so forth. We don't understand people's personal lives. Like somebody could be whether it's massive debt, whether their day-to-day really is horrible, that label deal or selling or selling that publishing catalog could be what's needed to really get out of situation. Now, this doesn't make any sense. As far as future selling his publishing catalog, let me reorganize myself. The way I see it is future potentially understands that, hey, right now my portfolio has a set value. And who knows if 10, 20 years from now, this portfolio will have the same value depending on how he talked with his people. They're like, all right, this is the perfect time to do this while he continues to build upon his portfolio. And with Glorilla recently signing to Yo Gotti, I've seen lots of conversation of why would people, when they make a smash hit, they sign to a label, to an artist. It's important to understand we don't know what's going on in her personal life. For all we know, there could have been no more music coming out. I mean, I don't know. All I'm saying is this. When it comes to artists signing, as much as we want to say stay independent, we don't know what their money's looking like. Can they continue to pay producers? We don't know what kind of system they have in place to keep the music coming. But as long as, you know, Future's case, he keeps making music. I mean, that investment, that, that sale for his publishing is going to keep living. I mean, he's going to keep making his own music on his discography and that 65, 75 M's that he got. True. I mean, from the music he already did, plus not selling that music, uh, crazy Glorilla as far as signing Sanchi understands that hey 
Now you're in a position where you need to leverage yourself, get the connections from the label, stack your bread, branch out into different avenues of business, whether we're doing merch, tour, just be extremely consistent and take this seriously. Because if anything were to happen to where she can't release music or things aren't going right or the money drying up, it's not going to be a fun time. And this past two or three minutes, the way I would categorize this, because this sort of came out of nowhere, my apologies, is let's not shame artists for selling their music or signing. Because at the end of the day, it might seem like we know everything and we write to a certain extent. To certain people, it's pretty obvious, like, yo, you shouldn't have done that. But we don't, we don't know all the behind-the-scenes stuff that I can guarantee a large majority of people, myself included, don't fully understand and aren't knowledgeable to say that's a bad move. Because, hey... Let, I, don't, I don't make music, but if a label would have come up to me right now, being like, yo, I don't know, I'll throw in a number. An M that isn't to me, we all know how it is. This is alone, so on and so forth. I believe in myself that I will be able to leverage myself to get in a position where that M I'm going to have to pay back, I'm going to make like X amount based off that. Like, anyhow, Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 239. I'm sorry. There was like a certain portion where I couldn't speak. Thank you for the patience. We here before the hurricane. Fully here. You know, we're going to go outside. We're going to do some backstrokes. We're going to swim, get our Olympic performance on out there with the alligators. Swim everywhere. We're going to get our little boat string, some Coronas, listen to Bad Bunny. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to catch y'all on 240. I'm out.